We want you as the creator to own the business you're building from day one. We want you to own the, the customer relationship. We don't want you to build our business. We want to be a service provider while you're building your business. Well, hey, friends, welcome back to The Christian Podcaster. As always, I'm your host, Eric Nevins. So grateful that you are here. The Christian Podcaster is the official podcast of Christian Podcasters Association. Hey, if you're not, haven't joined us already, you should do that on Facebook. Just search the group Christian Podcasters Association. And you can always go to ChristianPodcastersAssociation.com to find out everything that we do, including coaching and memberships and all kinds of ways that we can help you solve your podcasting problems. I'm excited about this conversation. I've been getting to know our guest today and uh, one of those things, right, that we all have questions about if you start a podcast is monetization. How do you monetize your podcast? What do you what do you do? Is there a way? I hear this question every, probably every single week somebody asks me that question. How do I actually monetize my show? Well, we're going to talk today about why subscriptions are a really great way to go for any podcaster, how this particular platform is different, and then what's actually working with audiences right now. Our guest is the leading leading creator of partnerships at Supercast, where he unlocks, I love this, unlocks millions in recurring revenue for their partners. Oh, and he runs ultras, which I assume means ultra marathons in his spare time. Our guest is Josh Christ. Josh, welcome to the Christian Podcaster. I'm glad to have you. Thanks for having me, Eric. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it is exciting to uh, meet you. We've been kind of connecting over the last since podcast movement, I think, um, yeah. and and uh, just getting to know each other a little bit. I'm pretty sure I've got a Supercast sticker on my laptop somewhere. That so I've been probably connect, seeing you guys around for a while. We won't tell. Uh, it's all right. That's good. So, but it's good to hear kind of all about that. Now, I gotta I gotta just uh, go. Am I right about ultras? Like, tell me about. How did you get into to that? Yeah, it's a super funny story. So I, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life, but never an endurance athlete. And two and a half years ago, started kind of thinking about, okay, what would happen if I run? I think it, it really hit, you know, during the pandemic. I said I wanted, you know, get out, but I didn't. Gyms were closed, didn't know what to do, so I started going for runs around my house. And one thing led to another. Started going a little bit further and said, oh, this is interesting. I wonder if I could run, you know, a half marathon. Did that and it felt pretty good. And I was like, oh, okay. I wonder if I could run the next thing up. And for whatever reason, decided to just jump right into ultras and not uh, go for the marathon itself. So I uh, did my first one back in September, had a blast. Uh, it was a, a 50K and have a couple of 50 milers planned for this year. So I'm um, excited. Okay. Well, that's good. So I'm, I'm, I live in Colorado and I like to make the joke. The only reason I run is if a bear is chasing me, that's it. But, uh, <laughs> that's okay. I really admire those of you who can do that and not just like marathons, but long, long, a lot longer. What's the most challenging thing about doing that? I, th I think it's the mental piece of it. You know, when, mm. when you're running, no matter what the distance is, w whatever level you're at running wise, you hit these points in a run where mentally and emotionally you, the bottom just falls out. Right. And, and you, you get to the point where you start saying to yourself, why am I doing this? This is an awful idea. You know, 
stuff aches, stuff hurts, it's cold, it's rainy, it's whatever. You know, you don't think you can finish. You've got a cramp. You're hungry. You're tired. You're, you're you know, dehydrated. I mean, uh, you know, there's a million thoughts that go through your head. And usually what happens is that cycle repeats itself in, in a race in some form or another. And you have to kind of learn how to, to push through it. And so um, I, I, I love running for that reason because it kind of is a great training ground for those kind of moments. But man, when you're in those, uh, you know, what I would call dark nights of the soul in the middle of a race, it is sure. brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. I think that probably mindset little nugget that you just gave us is worth the price of admission already because mindset pieces like that, um, as a cycle, I've never thought of that like that before, but you're probably right. We go, we get into them. We have to know how to get out of a mind spiral, right? That happens to all of us as podcasters as well. Mindset is one of our key pillars in Christian podcasters association because it's everything starts, everything rests on that foundation, right? Hundred percent. It, it ends up being, I think, the the foundation for any kind of success you want to have as a creator. Period. Right. I mean, there's going to be pieces of content, whether it's podcast interviews, whether it's pieces of promotional content you put out into the world, whether it's a new concept that you know you think is going to stick, doesn't end up sticking. And if the only response you have when those kind of gremlins in your head get really loud <laughs> is to just kind of shrivel and, and run away, uh, you're not going to find success. So oh, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think uh, you, you need to have that resilience and learn how to cultivate it. It's the hardest thing for me to see when podcast podcasters get started, especially if you started like I did with absolutely no audience where, where like, who was going to listen to it? You just, I mean, 2016 was a different world too, it's but yeah, you got, you have to just keep producing content in order to, to get discovered. And that can be discouraging for people, especially numbers, people like who are wanting to see that up into the right stuff. Sometimes you got to plateau and that's just the way that it goes. Okay. I want to hear more of your backstory. So you're into ultra ultra marathons. Um, but where are you from and like, how did you, you know, what, how'd you get into kind of technology like this? Yeah. So, uh, born and raised in Colorado, I grew up a little bit uh, north of Denver, went to school at CU oh, yeah. uh, in Boulder and then moved up to the Northern Colorado area where I live now. Um, and yeah, like I mentioned, been an athlete my whole life. And so I've, uh, been in and out of running different businesses, owned a martial arts studio with my wife for a little bit. And then, uh, we, we closed that down and got that kind of happened at the same time I got into the creator space. So I started hosting a podcast with a, a group of former pro athletes and, and coaches mm. loved the medium. Um, the, the podcast itself didn't make it, you know, past, I think 80 or 90 episodes, but I absolutely loved the medium and, and really fell in love with what podcasting means. You know, I, I remember I have this, uh, incredibly, visceral uh, recollection of being on a tarmac in China. My wife and I were, were on a trip to go train with uh, the Shaolin monks, funny enough, and or, or excuse me, the, the Wudong uh, monks. We were out there training and we're on a tarmac and I'm listening to a podcast. I think it was Impact Theory. Tom Billy was interviewing, uh, I want to say Naveen Jain, who's the, the founder and CEO of a company called Viome. But anyway, the, the point... Uh, not so much what I was listening to, but I just remember in that moment sitting in the plane going, I want to do more with podcasts, whatever, whatever mm. life has in store. I want to do more with this medium. So, uh, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I was in PR working with podcast creators to, to place guests and, and kind of work on the interview side of things. And then, uh, found Supercast and really fell in love with the idea of working closer on the creator monetization side and helping creators unlock the, the impact and revenue that I was seeing them, you know, generate for the clients that I was working with and bring to them. I wanted to kind of get to the creator side of this technology and, and this content. I love that. Okay. We're going to talk a lot about Supercast, kind of what it means, how podcasters can use it. Um, the one thing that I want to mention to you 
is I'd love to see you at one of the Colorado podcaster meetups coming up. So I don't, I don't know. I'll have to make sure I get you that invite because usually they have one in, uh, in Denver somewhere. I don't know if it's every quarter or a couple times a year, but, uh, that'd be, that'd be really great. I think you'd meet a bunch of podcasters. It'd be fun. Uh, so <laughs> kind of people. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it is the coolest time. It's one, actually one of the things about podcasting that I really love is that, even though we all come from some really different places, different kind of things that we care about, different passions, maybe even different religious beliefs and all kinds of things. Um, the podcasting brings us together and brings us together as a, as a, as a thing that we all have in common. We all have to go through that common struggle to get something out. And it really isn't a neat community who wants to help each other uh, because of that. So that's why I love to go to those things. I've seen, you know, pretty consistently through through podcasting, one of the tighter communities out there, just in terms of a business ecosystem and a, a creator ecosystem. I think there's something very unique about uh, what it takes to be successful as a podcaster that that allows you to have maybe more empathy, more humility um, mm. when interacting with other members of the community too, especially when they're up and coming. Amen. I love that. Okay. Well, I want to talk about Supercast because you and I have been talking about it. You've been showing it to me and I think it's pretty interesting. And as a, as a way of monetizing, as a way of connecting also with your audience, which I think is pretty cool. So what is it? And then give us that kind of broad overview. Sure. So Supercast fundamentally is a subscription and monetization platform and partner with uh, to some of the biggest podcast creators in the world. That's where we got our start. We actually, um, you know, our initial uh, uh, foray into subscription, Sam Harris, who's a, a large uh, author, writer, uh, podcaster, had built up a really big membership on Patreon at the time. This was 2019. I think he was the fourth or sixth biggest creator at the time on the platform and ran into a host of challenges because Patreon, which is an incredible platform just wasn't built for podcasters right it was built for every right. creator and so you know the first version of supercast was built as kind of a custom answer to sam's question of hey how do i grow beyond this thing that i have built they had a successful patron but felt like he could do more could could grow could have better subscriber experience better customer experience and so uh, we built the first version of supercast for sam and it just took off like a rocket and you know you fast forward to today our top 10 creators on the platform gross over 21 million annually just through subscription so these are creators with you know a range of different categories news politics true crime health and fitness uh, I mean, it's a, it's a really fascinating mix of, of shows. And then, you know, on top of that, the, the thing that's been so powerful is we, we early on made a decision that, or, or heard from creators and really leaned into the idea that your audience as a podcaster has fundamentally already made the decision of where they want to consume your content, whether, whether it's on Apple, whether it's on Spotify, yes. they have a listening habit, right? They understand where they want to hear and see your content show up for them. And so fundamentally Supercast from day one decided we're not going to be another app that your subscribers have to engage with. If you're going to deliver premium content to them and ask them to pay for it, we think you should be able as the creator to deliver that content wherever they're already used to getting mm. that content from you. And so uh, we built it from day one to be able to deliver that premium content wherever they already are. And, uh, you know, that was 2019. And here we are, you know, almost four years later, it's been absolutely incredible. Yeah. So it lowers the barrier to entry, right? Like, I think that was one of the things that I've discovered with places like Patreon is let's go to Patreon or go to, even if it's a link, then I got to send you over to Patreon. Um, so I, this is one of my questions that I had for later, but there's some advantages to that, right? For the podcaster uh, to have it kind of just built straight in. 
Totally. You know, what, one of the things that we we think about philosophically is that, you know, as creators grow their audience, we really want creators to to be able to do a couple of things that are, are unique to Supercast, but really we think important to, to building a healthy subscription. One being, we think you should be able to remove as much friction as possible for your subscribers. So if you're asking somebody to pay you $5, $10, $20 a month for this premium bonus content, uh, ad additional content that they haven't yet gotten from you, we want it to be an easy and enjoyable experience for them as podcast listeners, right? They're used to having a certain kind of experience within the podcasting medium. We want to make sure that you as the creator can deliver a, a similar experience to them. So that, that's really important. And one of the places where we've really tried to differentiate ourselves from, say, a platform like Patreon, which again, great platform, but it wasn't built for podcast creators, right? It wasn't built to be able to deliver this content natively the way we can. Um, and, and then I think the other fundamental piece, and I know we're going to talk about this more as we dig into it, but we want you as the creator to own the business you're building from day one. We mm -hmm. want you to own the, the customer relationship, the billing relationship. You know, we'll, we'll help you with customer support. We'll handle all the technical questions that your customers and subscribers might have. Um, but at the end of the day, we don't want you to build our business. We want to be a service provider while you're building your business. And that's really important. It's a very subtle distinction in terms of the, the philosophy there, but we found that to be critical uh, to the kind of long-term success. We're right. Seeing. I mean, it's subtle, but it's like so critical is a great word. It's very important. It's kind of a different thing. So this is one of the things that I'm not sure is appreciated, but I like to talk about as much as I can um, because it is foundational to the entire online platform business, right? For instance, we just had a post um, in in another group in, in our goal CPA Gold group where um, some somebody noticed that somebody got uh, was on TikTok and they had four million followers and they got kicked off, right? And they're complaining that they somehow have, you know, now they've lost four million followers. But if you only had that one connection to your followers in that app, you did it wrong. Right, because fundamental audience building practice is, or whatever. Maybe there's another better word for that online, online something. But that is to send people to your website. So we do we do these kinds of things. But ultimately, I want you on my email list. I want you in a, in a place. I want to have that relationship with you that I own that I control, and that is really important. And so I, what, that was actually one of the key things that when you told me it, uh, that I was like, oh, actually that resonates with me deeply because I want to own and control those relate, not control That's I want to own that, that relationship so that I am managing it and that I, it can become what I want it to become, not what the platform sort of dictates. I think one of the, the the really interesting things that's happening right now in the the creator space and, and podcasting especially is that I think more podcasters, more creators are waking up to the fact that whoever owns the wallet really owns the value of the relationship. And, and so whether it's YouTube, whether it's Twitch, whether it's Apple, Spotify, uh, Patreon, it doesn't matter. These platforms, what they've recognized for a long time is that they can own the wallet of that subscriber base that you're building for them and share that revenue with you in a sense and, and I'll make sure you're able to, you know, to have access to it. But at the end of the day, because they own that underlying billing relationship with the customer, they really have total control over the business that you're building. And, and it's a, it's something that once you start to see it, it's really hard to unsee, right? Because you, you recognize that whoever has that billing relationship locked up can really make decisions about the business. They can leverage things around the business. They can, they can scale in a way that just is impossible for a creator when they don't have that direct access, at least, you know, in our view, that's, that's how we look at it. Yeah. Okay. One other thing I want to highlight is um, 
in a world where it seems like companies don't care about customer service, right? Like where really I've heard so many horror stories. I had one last week and I just couldn't believe the customer service experience I was getting. I, I, I was just trying so hard to be nice. I was in customer service for like 15 years. I want to be nice to customer service people, but I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. Right. Cause companies don't seem to be thinking about their customers. So to hear something like, Hey, I want, we made a philosophical decision to actually make, build your business. It just delights me. I think it's really, really wonderful. Well, and, and I would imagine, you know, you've gone through this too, Eric, as a creator, right? You, you want to be able to give your customers the best possible experience for consuming the content. I mean, one of the amazing things about podcasting is that you can consume this content on the go, right? Most of, I'd say 95% of the podcasts I listen to, and I listen to them constantly, I'm doing something else when I'm listening to the content, right? I'm walking mm-hmm. the dogs, I'm taking the kids to school, I'm doing groceries, I'm cleaning, I'm working on something else. And so we wanted really early on to figure out how do you map that kind of experience to the same premium content, right? I'm paying you as a as a customer of yours. I'm paying you th- this monthly subscription or, or or access for this content. I want to be able to have the same kind of experience around the podcast that I'm used to having, if not even more enhanced, because I'm a premium subscriber. So uh, that's really critical to us and and how we think about customer support for you as the creator. Yeah, is really foundational to to what we want to see. Yeah, super powerful. Okay, so you kind of alluded to this a couple times, but the one thing that I want to know about is what's the listener experience. So for my podcaster. they're going to care about, you know, when I invite somebody to go ahead and get in on this, how, what's that like for their listeners? Yeah. So uh, like we said, you know, at the start, we, we deliver premium content to wherever your listeners already are. So let's imagine they're on Apple, for example, the, the typical funnel that a subscriber will go through in terms of signing up for your premium offering will be, you know, they'll hear about that call to action. They'll hear about your premium offering in an episode. Maybe you mention it. Maybe there's an ad read that you put in place to kind of promote the, the offering itself. Maybe they see it in the show notes, but they'll end up clicking on a link or going to your landing page, right? That you've been able to white label and brand, and then you're going to present them with what what are the offers for your subscription? Maybe it's a single tier offer, uh, you know, $5 a month, maybe it's two tiers, whatever, uh, you know, customization you want to put in place around the offer. But that's step one is they hit your landing page. Step two is they're going to input their payment information once they choose which plan they want to subscribe to. And then, and this is really where the magic is, step three, we take the liberty of saying, hey, okay, you've signed up. Now, where do you listen to the podcast? Do you listen on Apple? Do you listen on Spotify? In this case, we mentioned an Apple subscriber. So we're going to say, hey, great, you're on Apple. We're going to take your premium fee that we created just for you. We're going to automatically send it back to Apple Podcasts, subscribe for you in that podcast player. So now without doing any work, your subscribers in three steps have had the premium version of their content and their feed dropped right back into their podcast player. They're automatically subscribed to it and they've already paid you for the experience. The subscription is set up. Now they can just consume the content uh, the way they're used to. Yeah. And then does it just charge them every month and it just goes on the same day? Exactly. That's right. You know, one one of the things that, uh, again, is a a subtle distinction, but we think is is pretty uh, foundational to how customers are used to engaging with subscriptions. You know, when you and I buy a subscription to a software product, right, maybe or or to, I mean, it could be anything, could be a food box, right? Could be um, any kind of subscription. We expect to be billed on the same day each month. That's how subscriptions work. 
one of the things that's different when you don't own the customer relationship, say an example, you know, being Patreon, they might be billing your customers on a, the same, uh, let's call it on a monthly cycle, but not the same day every month. So maybe the fifth of the month is when all of your customers get billed for that subscription. But if they signed up, you know, on the second of the month, they might've just paid and then they'd get billed again. So there's mm. all these funny things and, and funky dynamics within the billing relationship for most of the premium content out there for a lot of creators that they aren't aware of because they don't own that relationship. So for us, it's super simple. If your customer signs up on the 17th of the month, that's the, the day that they'll be billed for as long as they're a subscriber. Yeah, I think that's great. That That is sort of meets the expectations, right? I think that's sort of the right. the the bar there. I love that. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm curious. We've talked about subscriptions, maybe levels, maybe different kinds of things like that. I know that a lot of people have tried something like a Patreon and been like, I don't know that this is, you know, maybe, maybe they've had trouble either keeping up with content or um, creating something that was a little too hard to keep up with in addition to their podcasting content. What do you see that is working for people? What kind of things, what kind of subscription models can people create for their listeners that really, that you see really works? Yeah. So we, we have a, a, a pretty consistent playbook for, for this question. So, you know, first and foremost, what we typically see across our top 20 creators, and, and we use that to inform the recommendations we make for, for any creator we work with, is that the average, you know, five, top 5% of your audience on average will typically be able to convert into premium subscribers. So if you're mm. getting 1,000 downloads an episode, if you're getting 100,000 downloads an episode, using 5% as kind of a benchmark is a good way to think about what's possible for my subscription. And the the typical difference between a, a show and offering that might convert at one or two percent versus five, six, seven, or maybe even ten percent or, or more, we have creators that convert over fifteen percent of their audience, um, is the mix of benefits. And what that usually looks like is things like ad-free, early access, bonus content is, is usually a great thing to include. And the bonus content that we see performing really well on the platform might be something like an AMA, so an Ask Me Anything style question mm. where subscribers are submitting questions and you're answering a you know, select group of them on you know a weekly basis or monthly basis. Maybe the bonus content is behind the scenes of you know what goes into making an episode. Maybe that bonus content is extended versions of the content you're already publishing. So you know there's maybe this concept of an uncut version, right? Where, you know, if you're usually if you record for 90 minutes but you only publish 45 of those minutes maybe all 90 should go to premium subscribers oh wow um and and you know in terms of bonus content that's net new content right something that's that's never been produced before that you're thinking of as a, a new segment what we see work really well for creators is is very what we would call low production content right so a lot of mm -hmm. times when somebody becomes a subscriber they one of the things they want to do is just support you as the creator they've gotten so much value from your free podcast for a long time they want to support you they want to help demonstrate that support and they just want more access to your world typically and so one of the, the great stories that i love to tell we had a creator who when she launched she put a lot of energy into a couple different bonus segments i mean she was doing some incredible ideas of bringing together different different partners and vendors to, to put together these really cool interviews and, and different concepts of new shows that would be for premium subscribers only mm -hmm. and when she launched she didn't have the growth that she wanted and and had to pull back some of that content because it wasn't sustainable she was working really hard to try to produce extra content and what was so interesting is she decided one day well what if i just open up my phone and record a little you know voice memo about what i'm thinking about right now 
now and just drop that in as a premium, you know, voice memo from me to my premium subscribers. And they loved it. And so her offering became, Hey, you know, once a week, you'll get a 15 to 20 minute, just memo from me. It's a, it's a little right. thought on what's going on in my world. So that kind of bonus content we see perform really well. And, and typically it's content that gives the, the audience a sense of more access to you as the creator. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. Cause that was exactly what I was thinking access. So one of the, one of the things that people will pay for is access to the people that they are interested in. Right. So the people that they are, you know, if I'm following a podcaster, I want to, and I want to get a little more in their world and hear more from them, maybe unfiltered comments, you know, things that aren't like, okay, I know that, that, uh, okay. People talk a little bit differently when it's a little more, more closed, they don't feel like they're performing. It's a different kind of a kind of a thing. Let me give you a few thoughts, right? So yeah. I love that. I, I think that's really interesting because a lot of the things that you've just said were kind of like that, even like a like an unedited version. Like that's wild to me that people would pay for less work, right? <laughs> like, why would you do that? One of one of the elements of podcasting that I love so much is that when you have spent, you know, if you, if you think about your listeners, right, if you have a show that's been around for a year or two, it's very likely your audience, especially that really top committed portion of your audience has listened to you for hours, right? They've been in, you've, Mm -hmm. you've been in their head having conversations with them, or they've been a fly on the wall to the conversations you've been having for hours. And so one of the things that I think creators underappreciate is because of that dynamic, oftentimes what I as an audience member want is just to hear a little bit more about how you think when it's not an interview or when it's not the main mic on kind of moment. And, right. and that becomes a superpower for you as a creator because you're right, it doesn't necessarily require you to come up with this crazy new concept of a show or bonus content. It just requires you maybe lifting the veil a little bit, right? Or dropping the the uh, the editing mic for a moment and trying to give them a sense of, yeah, who is who is Eric beyond the, the 45 minutes or 60 minutes that I hear from him every week on this interview. Yep. Right. Because we have to remember about that. You, you alluded to this earlier, the intimacy of the medium, right? Uh, I use the example all the time. Remember radio. If you're listening to radio and you listen to the same person every day on the way to work, and then you go, Hey, like you, you, you have a picture of them in your head and then you see a picture of them. It looks very different. It's because you've been yeah. imagining them, which is a very intimate kind of a kind of a connection in your head right so uh yeah it makes sense that people want more of that person i i love that example and uh this is a funny one that isn't specific to podcasting but it's totally you know an example of what, what you're talking about so i'm a cu buffs fan I, w- I went to see you my parents both went to see you and, and we've been loving the the, the dion stuff right and, and coach prime <laughs> he's making a so big splash here right now Big splash, right? And and what and I've been watching the Coach Prime documentary and, and series on Amazon Prime. I grew up listening to Mark Johnson, who's the play-by-play mm-hmm. caller for CU, right? Grew up listening to him. I've heard his voice thousands of hours on the radio, you know, on TV, yep, just yep. forever, right? KOA. And and so yeah, exactly. And and so seeing him in a documentary, which is a totally different context, I go, whoa, this is really cool. This is a totally different way to experience this person who I've right. had, you know, a intimate relationship with in terms of listening to him describe something I love for a long time. Podcasting is the same way and it doesn't have to be a brand new documentary in terms of giving them additional access. It just use the creator have to remember. I want to create a world where my audience can step into it a little bit more. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's, that's like the quote of the episode right there, Josh. 
I want to create a world where my audience can step into it. That's so nice. fantastic. Okay. Who do you see being successful with Supercast? And like, when is the right time in a podcasting journey to start it? Yeah, this is a great question because there are contradicting answers that I can give. So uh, w- one of them being that, you know, typically from an audience standpoint, if you were to come to me and say, hey, on a per episode basis, when does it make sense to really think about subscription? And if you're under 10,000 downloads an episode, we typically say, hey, you know, y- you can have success. But when you hit that scale, that's where we really see subscriptions start to take off. And, and you can really build a, a healthy business that's five, six figures of, of recurring revenue. The flip side of that, which I love, is that one of our top 20 creators is a show that gets just a couple thousand downloads an episode. It's not big, and they have managed to convert nearly 50% of that audience into premium subscribers. And and one of the things that's so um, compelling about that example is it really speaks to the offer you're creating for your audience. So the the short answer, or I guess my my long answer to the short question of, of who is it right for and when is if you have a really clear understanding of who your audience is and what you can deliver to them that would be of value and that the 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 understanding feels just very timely and clear Mm -hmm. really you can start at any point there's certain points of scale where if you decide i want to make you know ten thousand through subscription or a hundred thousand or a million through subscription some of that is going to be a function of just the scale of your show right if your audience is only a hundred people it's probably gonna be hard to make that much money but if you have an understanding of what your audience needs, you can start right from day one. And we've had creators that have, you know launched their subscription the same day they launched their podcast and had tremendous success mm. as a result too. So uh, it, it's really about knowing your audience, I think, more than the answer being what size of you know show do you have or scale of your audience. You yes. Reach. Boy, I love that. That's why I hammer all the time, guys. Know who you're talking to. Know what you're offering them. Know what they get by listening to your show know about the transformation that they want, need, and are, and are going to experience by listening to you, engaging with you. That's what you got to do. And then if you can f- talk to them and get some of their language, learn what they, what they want and the felt needs that they have, that's where you can create something else that you can, that you can actually, uh, that they really, really want. Right. So that's Absolutely. so, so powerful. Okay. Um, I'm interested. So, so a lot of the people in Christian Podcasters Association, either starting out or have smaller audiences, you said it's like five percent of your audience. So you got to ma- measure that as a benchmark. But if you had a smaller audience, what would you recommend? So to for somebody to like jump on, try Supercast, and see how that would work for them. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I'd start with is what's the, what is your appetite as a creator for really investing in subscription? And the reason I would kind of reframe the question that way is because we always like to think about this and we coach creators on this constantly to think about subscription as years, not months, right? So when you launch something like a subscription, Mm. the creators that are having success aren't always having success on day one, right? This is something that takes months and months and months to build and, and really to compound over time so that once you understand, and, hey, this is the offer my audience loves and continue to grow your public audience and continue to, to focus on building that funnel and that acquisition channel, your subscription is going to grow right with it. So first question I would always ask a creator is, you know, are you thinking about this in terms of months or years? And if you're thinking about months, I would encourage you to wait until you really feel like, okay, now I can commit to this for, let's try it for a year and see what happens, right? So yeah. that's step number one, you know, and 
once you've made that decision, then it just becomes a matter of, okay, how much bandwidth do I have and what kind of content do I want to experiment with or offer? Do I want to experiment with for my audience? You know, what, what has my audience communicated to me? Have you heard from people that they, you know, are, are really tired of hearing ads dropped into the middle of your show? That's a great example that ad free might be compelling. Have yep. you heard or you know, do you get questions from your audience? Are they sending you emails, social media DMs? You know, are you are you getting what feels like this, you know, being inundated with a lot of extra questions and requests? Maybe AMA is a great place to start from a bonus content standpoint because you don't have to come up with new ideas. You just have to answer the questions that your subscribers are already sending you. You know, that's where we typically like to coach creators through is to start thinking, what's your audience telling you? Once you've made the decision to go in on subscription, what is your audience telling you? And, and I'm almost certain they're giving you signals of what kind of bonus content would be really compelling for them. Yes. Okay. So once again, listen to your audience, friends, like listen to what they're <laughs> saying, listen to what they want. This is how everything hinges on that. I mean, like this is all foundational. Uh, but what I love is that you guys have taken that and built this thing on top of it. Super cool. That is really great. Okay. Um, I know I'm not one of the, one of the numbers guys, but I know my, my data heads are going to wonder like, what kind of data do you get and how do you, use it to kind of help you continue to build your uh, subscription. Totally. So like we talked about at the beginning, we want to make sure that you as the creator have as much access and visibility as you possibly can for uh, what's happening in your subscription business. So you're going to be able to see things like monthly recurring revenue or MRR. You're going to be able to see gross revenue, meaning just individual transactions in the revenue you've, you've had. You're going to be able to see who's listening to what episodes. So how many episodes or how many downloads does a particular podcast episode get? Uh, you know, how much engagement does a particular piece of content get? Well, what's your conversion rate look like from the public landing page to your actual uh, subscribers? What what does the churn rate look like for your mm -hmm. subscription? Are you, you know, is your churn where we would expect it to be, which is, you tell, know, in that two to 3% yeah. range? Or tell people what churn is because that's not, they may not be sure. familiar with that. Sure. So, so churn is the idea of how many people are leaving or canceling your subscription on a monthly basis, right? So if, you, if you're signing up, you know, 10 people a month, how many of those people are staying with you over time on a monthly basis? And across Supercast, what we typically see is anywhere from two to three, sometimes 4%, but four is really high in terms of our, across our entire platform. I think the last time we did a, you know, kind of trailing 12 month average, it was right about 3.5% or something in that neighborhood. So, um, you know, we're going to provide those kind of analytics to you and also make sure, like I said, that you can understand, hey, who's listening to these episodes? Are they being listened to? Are people engaging with them? Um, and if so, you have the ability to drill into who are the people that are listening to this? Who are the subscribers that are really engaging with the content too? Right. And so we use the data to figure out who am I actually um, reaching and then what do they want? What do they like? How can I make more of that? Right. I love, exactly. I love those kinds of things when I can make it practical like that. I like numbers, but when I, if it's <laughs> just a bunch of them, I'm like, eh, my eyes cross. Uh, but that, that's really good, uh, important stuff. Okay. So the one thing we haven't talked about is how much does it cost and how much, sure. what does supercast take? So we know that, that like, um, yeah, well, I guess we mentioned Patreon. Like, so Patreon takes something like eight percent today, right? That's like it's that's just so much. But then, okay, so what, how much? How much does Supercast take? Yeah. So, so again, this this goes back to kind of a fundamental difference between most of the platforms out there that would allow a creator to offer to offer subscription and how we think about it at Supercast. So we don't charge a percentage of revenue. We charge a flat fee of 59 cents per subscriber per month. So when you launch on Supercast, if you are charging, you know, $5 a month, $10 a month, or $100 a month, 
our platform fee is the same. So you pay 59 cents per subscriber per month. And then you've got, you know, the Stripe, uh, Stripe transaction fees, mm-hmm. which are 30 cents and 2.9% per transaction. But we, we built that pricing model on purpose because we want to make sure that you as the creator, as you scale your offering, as you scale your pricing, your tiers, you can take home more of the revenue that you're generating because our offer and our platform hasn't fundamentally changed in terms of the value you're getting from us as you increase those different pieces. So we want to make sure you can take home as much of that, uh, that revenue as possible. Yeah. I love that. So that, again, that's the same kind of philosophical thing that we talked about. It was just one of the reasons I really am impressed by what supercast does because it's, it's, you're just paying a fixed fee and then you guys get your, get your cut out of, out of that. And, um, then we can use Stripe and like, Friends, if you're if you're a little intimidated by Stripe, let me tell you, I was for like months one time. Like I was just like, oh, no, I don't know how to do it, right? It took me 15 minutes to set up and have it connected to my website. It was super easy because they want to make it easy for you to do it too, right? Like that's just how it goes. So it's not that not that bad. Um, and I'm sure it'll take just a few minutes to get going. Okay. Josh, I really love this. I'm I'm really interested in this, and I know I've got plans actually for how I can use uh, Supercast for maybe this podcast, but definitely one that I've got coming up that I'm, I'm excited about. So that would be great. Um, people can learn more, obviously supercast.com. We also have a CPA affiliate link friends. Do you know what affiliates are? Affiliates are like, if you use my link, then that sends a little bit of your revenue back toward Christian podcasters association so that, uh, we can kind of help keep running as well. So if you're interested hit me up. I'll go through and I'll post that link uh, underneath all of these videos across the fruited plane that is the internet uh, as well. So um, I love it, Josh. I want to give you the last word on this recording anyway. What what uh, like, what do you want to leave us with about kind of what this means for podcasters? Yeah, so first off, this has been a blast, Eric. Thank, thanks for having me on. I've, I've had a lot of fun and, and always love having these kind of conversations. I, I think the most important thing for creators to be thinking about right now and, and podcasters in particular is just how do you continuously learn and build a world where you own that direct relationship with your audience, monetization-wise and also just in general. Don't don't be beholden to platforms. Figure out how to build a, a business that is truly directly connected to your subscribers and your customers. And if you do that, you're going to be okay because I think uh, more and more that's where the world is heading and, and I wish more creators would, would kind of fundamentally think about it through the lens of do I own this relationship or not? And if I don't, is there a way that I can? And if so, that's where I should be focused. Perfect. I love it. Thanks, Josh. <laughs>